This episode sponsored by the Lodge Management Group. Wings and beer, almost as good as podcasts. That's why Chicago's Summer Wing Fest wants to give listeners a free t-shirt when they buy tickets with offer code PODCAST. Available at wingfest.net. Tonight on Bullstone, pressure mounts in the ongoing Greek debt crisis, leaving many Americans to wonder, do I need to care about this? The squeaky wheel gets the geese? New program aims to make wagons for disabled geese. More later. A tense standoff enters day three as police have completely surrounded a 1978 conversion van that won't stop rocking. When asked for a comment, police superintendent Frederick said, Till it stops rocking, we can't even go near it. When the going gets tough, the tough get growing? A new initiative to provide gardens for soldiers with downtime. All these stories and more on this hard-hitting episode of Bullstone. Hi, everyone. I'm Dave Stecco. I'm David Flora. And welcome to Bullstone. Bullstone. Getting strange strange. after dark. (sighs) It's all oils and robes from here on out, people. Mm. I'd clink my Jack and Coke, but... uh, (laughs) Up against your gold tooth? (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) This is my second one with the same ice from the first one, so it's it's iceless. (laughs) Nice. Kind of iceless. Yes, I ran out of bourbon. Ah, shame. Bye on me. Uh, womp, Have to womp. resort to Jack Daniels. Hey, JD will get you through the night. You know, it's fine. There's no shame in drinking Jack. You're right. But it's no great honor no either. If I were a boozer, <laughs> I'll get long drinking, drinking pun. pun. If, if I were a wealthy man, huh. I wouldn't have to work hard. That's, that's, all. <laughs> that's where we're at. Well, peek up the skirt. Uh, we we just recorded last week's episode. We need to power through this one, and yeah, and we we made the conscious decision. But now it's oh no, this is going to be so much times. better. We just we just came up with Orson Welles as Tevia. <laughs> <laughs> Man, oh, I want to just keep doing that. I'm not gonna. We got we got to do. We got news stories to discuss. Yes, that's right. We, this we is, do. We this is what the Beastie Boys would describe as the new style. Oh. And then they would follow it up with four and three and two and one. And when I'm on the mic, the suckers run. They don't say it like that, but you, you get what I'm saying. We we know the Beastie Boys, and, and I, mm-hmm. I couldn't help you there. I love the Beastie Boys. too long Boys. ago. I celebrate them. You know what? You know one thing I, I came to realize this week? I, I, I'm a big fan of Pandora, not because it's good at its job. Um, sure. Pandora is a liar machine that f***s with you on purpose, but it's it has a video game quality to it. Pandora is like an RPG. 
you have to level up your station. You have to like grind it out. You have to take it out into the, the, the elm woods and let it like hunt a boar piglets for a while, like, and really prune it with the, with the thumbs up, thumbs downs. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the other thing the the other, I'm um, um, here's, here's a whole bunch of advice. No one wanted about a program. People have stopped using just, just liking a song on Pandora. Isn't good enough for a thumbs up. And I'll tell you why. I'm a big fan of Amy Mann. I love Amy Mann. So I got Amy Mann Radio on Pandora. You know what else I like? Johnny Cash. I don't know why Pandora decided to put some Johnny Cash on there. On the Amy Mann station? Yeah. But I was like, sure, thumbs up, because I like Johnny Cash. Now, where is Amy Mann? Johnny Cash has pretty much taken over. <laughs> it happens all the time. Enveloped Amy Mann. Yeah. And so... Uh, I've been listening to Beastie Boys radio and I've decided I'm being very meticulous on what gets thumbs up and what gets thumbs down. It is only 80s and a little bit of 90s rap. I mean, and it, it keeps it tries to give me like the killers, the bravery. What? Those motherfuckers need to get punched just on based on their name alone. I'm, Hi, I'm Aaron Spellsnet and we're the, the bravery. bravery. Yeah. Off. Wait, let me finish my matcha green tea. (laughs) (laughs) I've never, having said that, never heard a single song of theirs. (laughs) Never heard a song. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's it's Avenged Sevenfold all over. (laughs) But the whole moral of the story is you got to really, I kind of enjoy, it's like starting with a lump of rock and slowly faceting it into a diamond. Oh, interesting. I kind of enjoy that part of it. In my mind, I would think that the, the... Beastie Boys Pandora Station would be Beastie Boys Run DMC. Beastie Boys Run DMC. Is it not? No, it's not. And as a matter of fact, I don't know that I've heard. I know I know that I will. But Coolio? No, no. Do you no, have some Coolio on there? I have gotten some. I'm sorry. I take it back. I have gotten some Run DMC in there. No Coolio. Yes to some Digital Underground. Mm. I've done some Humpty Dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know what's, you know what's really difficult? Um, the song Do What You Like is like... 40,000 minutes long and in the song in the song they're even like okay radio wait wait <clears throat> let me let me try my my humpty hump here all right radio dj this is the time you gotta fade the song out because now it's just gonna be another long groove for the party Stop what you're doing, because I'm about to ruin the image and the style that you used to. I look funny, uh, but you're making money. CCO, well, I hope you're ready for me. I mean, I could keep... Actually, I, didn't I do this for a penalty box at one point? We've done everything for a penalty box True. at one point, so... Yeah. So, no, I, I am getting some sweet jams in there. My favorite part of that song is... <laughs> I don't even get busy in a Burger King bathroom. Do you remember they used to have to beep that out? Burger King got real pissed about it. It used to be, <laughs> I even got busy in a Burger bathroom. <laughs> uh, yeah. At least they did in well, Colorado. Yeah, that was... Sorry, Burger King. Police yourself. Oh, and I, I remember, I, I was actually afraid. I didn't buy the album because it was called Sex Packets. And I was like... <laughs> Man, this isn't worth the the whooping I would get from my mom <laughs> yeah. if this was found in my collection. That was probably the death nail of Digital Underground, right? <laughs> Naming their album Sex Packets at that, <laughs> that time in history. I don't know, but do you know, like, uh, Tupac was in that band. Really? Yes. I, I know next to nothing about Tupac. Yeah, he was in there. And Biggie. He was, he was in the Digital Underground. 
I'm not a fan of Tupac or Biggie with a few, a few very s- small uh, exceptions. Sure. Jeez, Bullstone, right? Well, how about we just, just talk about mm, old nineties rap? Yeah, right. <laughs> Two white guys who usually <laughs> complain about everything. Talk about nineties hip hop. Now here's the thing. You ever notice how I can't, I, I have a real hard time telling the difference between a Mac daddy and a daddy, daddy Mac. Mac. And and they they act like saying miggity 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 Mac is going to explain it, and it doesn't. Everybody knows that fat girls are ticklish. <laughs> you don't have to remind us. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, I mean, look at me, for example. I'm, I'm not skinny. a girl. I'm skinny. I'm skinny. But I'll tell you what. I know how to get busy. <laughs> I never let that stop me. Oh man. <laughs> this Bullstone is after yeah, dark. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, powering through is the best decision we ever made until we have to wake <laughs> up for work tomorrow. Um, until we have to release the episode and everybody's <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah, this was the straw. Gentlemen, discretion is the better part of valor. <laughs> oh my well, god. Well, we do have news stories to bring you. Yes. Of of July's flavor hour. Yeah. Oh man. You know, I I don't know if uh, listeners, if you ever listened to the Bugle, when you're done listening to our podcast, John listen, Oliver, yeah, John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman, one of the the most consistently brilliant and funny podcasts, and it's, I mean, if you like last week tonight, just and I do, right, everybody does know that there is years, years and years and years of a back archive of that of John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman doing the same thing. It's news and comedy, and mm. it's brilliant. I didn't know that uh, that he had done stuff like that oh, before. Yeah, I think it goes back to like 08. Mm. Uh, I mean, it's just great. And uh, the 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 my one of my favorite thing is that John Oliver announces each segment each segment. Uh, and so in this one, it would be astronomy conspiracy news. He just announces everything, and it's it's sure. wonderful. Anyway, astronomy conspiracy. Yeah, we've got starting out an, hard. Uh, yeah, astronomy conspiracy. Um, it turns out a number of people have taken to the internet and to YouTube and to I'm sure a Yahoo Answers forum. Preposterous to decry the, the ongoing NASA hoax that is New Horizons. Uh, New Horizons <laughs> uh, going to Pluto. That it's it's just another gimmicky joke. Made up by NASA that we're not we're not going out to see a uh, a dwarf planet or whatever it is a, a planetoid planetoid a, a big f-ing asteroid. At, at one point, there was a, a quote that I read where one of the guys was like, "These are the simple facts of it: any celestial body that cannot be seen with a telescope from the surface of Earth is fake." <laughs> Boom! Mic drop. Will. He's got me. Wait, no, he doesn't. <laughs> because everything in our solar system was discovered via telescope. Right. But what about other uh, distant galaxies or gas clouds or... Did they ever see the Kuiper belt through a telescope? It's like right there, right? It's way out there. Oh, it's past, past Pluto, like yeah. a long way? Yeah. It's yeah. way the F out there. The Kuiper belt's uh, the way out there. But then like black holes. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, it doesn't matter. It's ridiculousness, but black holes, black holes are kind of a episode, episode material, huh? They are, they are because, uh, 
first, I mean, first, no one believed they existed. Then Disney made the movie The Black Hole, and everyone knew how real that shit could get. Na, 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 na. If you watch The Black Hole, find it somehow. I've never heard of this. You've never heard no, of it? No, I've never heard oh of it. Oh my God. Starring Ernest Borgnine. And um, I can't remember the guy. He played Don Cherry in um, what was uh, Quentin Tarantino's Foxy Brown movie, which is to say the movie that has Pam Greer in it. Oh, Jackie Brown. Oh, he plays Don Cherry, the bail bondsman. But this is back in like 78 or 79. Um, it's a science fiction movie uh, where they, they go out, they find this, this ship that's hovering right at the edge of a black hole and they can't figure out how it's doing it. And it gets dark. Like it gets real weird. It's, it is a, it is a dark science fiction movie from with, Disney, from Disney with, and I will, it, with one of the weirdest endings ever. Hmm. Like, I think, I think that they go to hell. I think they actually go to hell at the end of the movie. Um, <laughs> through the black hole. Yes. Uh, and okay. here's the, the I'll pray wrong. Yeah. Okay. One of the greatest regrets of my whole life is, uh, it, and they don't, it's not there anymore, but when Disney MGM studios first opened and for like 10 years after they had this little store, right at the f- gates of the park and it sold like expensive, stupid shit, like, you know, Clark Gable autographs and, you know, stuff like that for like seven, $800 and whatnot. But they also had these bins of like old movie posters. And a lot of them obviously were Disney movie posters. And one of the things they had, and it was like um, a black hole poster, but in Spanish. And I remember I was like, Oh, this is cool. I should buy this. Then I was like, oh, then you'll have a poster. What are you going to do with it? And I didn't get it. And Aww. it was one of the coolest things ever. And man, it's a great regret. Yeah, we live with them. We do. We do indeed. Uh, so right, anyway. And to, and to answer your question, I've got a right behind me in this uh, uh, closet. There's a whole stack of posters waiting to go up somewhere someday. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's, that's the way it's got to be. So uh, anyway, um, no sooner can we expand our knowledge of our solar system. I mean, this probe has been on its path for nine years that people are like, Nope. Oh, you know, Oh, it's in, it's in a Burbank soundstage right next to the Apollo mission landers. The, the, the instant refusal. Yeah. Based on nothing. Like, well, it's another NASA hoax. My question is, what do you think? NASA is just starting with NASA. What do you think NASA is going to gain from that? Right. It's, it's, what, what are the, yeah, we found a Pluto, you know, we, <laughs> what well, is, is it taking money from, from the taxpayer? Is that what you're worried about? Yeah. I, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a, it's exactly what our friend Charles Fort hated. It is a pre-existing belief in a mindset, regardless of the evidence given. Hmm. So, yeah, I, that's kind of a, a little brief nugget, but I, I ran across that today and just was de- kind of delighted by it. Ugh. I heard they've, they've, they, they're figuring that there's geological activity. What on- kind of activity? Geological. Stone after dark. Have another one, you, you fucking lush. lush. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> You'll drink up all the Hennessy you got on yourself. <laughs> Wait. 
I, I feel that at this moment in time, I should introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, it was just a quick headline that I saw. There's ge- geological activity going on, and, and they're like, why? I don't know. That that yeah. was that was the extent of it. I didn't get a chance to to look at or read it. What what do you what do you think of what's your impression of that? Well, I mean, I think it's fascinating and you you think it's so small. It has virtually no atmosphere as far as I understand it. Right. Yeah, like what what there's no, you know, the, the geological activity is, you know, there's there's freeze-thaw cycles, there's there's surface erosion, but then there's also, you know, volcan volcanism, you know, does it have a hot core? Yeah, it, is, is the core spinning? Is it, yeah. you know, is it active? So those are, those are fascinating. And that could be the result of any number of weird uh, things that kind of, uh, that can affect it. Not only could it be something like a remnant of the formation of it, which seems unlikely given its size, right. but also if it was formed as part of a collision, you know, that, that would impart a huge amount of energy I mean, to it's it. It's got a moon. Yeah, it's got a, it's got Charon out there, and the, and yeah, the so. the size of Pluto is still smaller than our moon, right? Yep. Uh, they they did a a size comparison in an image I saw and put it over like North America, and it basically took up maybe the Midwest, mm-hmm. like it was it was a little bigger than Texas, maybe maybe Alaska size, big enough to mess with Texas. You know what? If there's geological activity, maybe wouldn't put it past it. Wouldn't put it past it. Nice. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know much about it. I haven't done a ton of reading. It's been kind of a busy week for me. Yeah, me too. Ah! Easy there, Hulk. That's why I'm uh, switching to the Jack. That's right. Yeah, I've been. I mean, I've been out riding all week. I was in Iowa last week for Ragbri. That's right. You were. Okay. We already said that you we're recording these two things bitch. back to back. So <laughs> I was pretending that I'm in the future, but I haven't left yet. You should have seen the amount of hubba hubba eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I know that by the time you're hearing this, I will have done it, but I, I leave in two days for the, the ride. So goodness. So, hey, uh, you know, uh, email us at blurry photos. Uh, dot wait what is it just go to the contact form. <laughs> go to the contact form email us so that uh you know if you're on ragbri let's meet up man oh yeah it'd be great i, I statistically we've got to have one listener on that thing There's, i don't know if we'll go that far but 10 or, <laughs> like 10 or twelve thousand people do this thing it's huge it's, it's, really? it's enormous when you're riding it do you do you get in a pack? Do you get in a wolf pack? I do. Or I do. does it spread out so much because well, there's so many different levels of... It spreads out a lot. I mean, you'll, you know... It's a lot of people. It is. But and I know but, it's a big state. But, but when people, you know, like, I'm one of the first people out the gates in the morning. It's weird. I'm not a morning person, but I'm up at five and I'm on the road by six every morning because you, you bike all day, you know, 80 miles a day, like... I, I know for a fact, I remember this so clearly from last year, I just sitting in my tent, just going, come on, just the minute the sun sets, I get to go to sleep. Just, 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 just shut up, son. Shut up. Wow. And then, so yeah, you're, you're, at, you're in bed at like nine, nine thirty, And so, yeah, you, you get up early. And so like when people get their shit together and get on the road, that spreads the whole thing out. Yeah. But then, yeah, that's also riding, but yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll ride with people. I rode with team air force. For a whole day, cool. some of the nicest, greatest people in the world. They're kind of like the unofficial, like, like the the guardian angels of the whole thing. Like they've got, they bring like fourteen bike mechanics with them, 
And if, and I, all you see all week is if someone's, you know, blows a tire, throws a chain, anything like that, team air force is there and they're wow. like, let's just get you patched up and on the way. They're like, like the hell's angels of Ragbri. Yes. Except they're the, heaven's angels. The guardian angels. Isn't that that gang, <laughs> the, the red angels. berets? I don't know. They're yeah. great. Um, I rode with the Trek design team for a day. This oh, guy, yeah. this guy pulled up the, next the to me. bike yeah. company. Yeah. Um, and he's like, Hey, do you like your bike? I was like, I love this bike. And he's like, I designed it. And I was like, thank you. This is a great bike. And they were, they were riding some of like their next year's test models and stuff. And, um, yeah, you meet all sorts of great, nice people. So and what do you have planned? I.e., what did you do this past <laughs> week to, uh, to promote the podcast? Well, last time I tried the sign fiasco, you tried what? I tried safety pinning a sign. Yeah. And, and you were it, going so fucking fast. It just it blew just, the fuck off. It's mostly the wind. That's mostly it. fucking it's mostly call. <laughs> um, I, I, I wish if I had had more time, I was going to make a shirt that just said, asked me about the unexplained. Yeah. And just leave it at that. But you know, you, you, you meet so many people. You talk to so many people. I'm just going to keep some cards on me. Try to spread. Do the you have enough? Do you need some more? Tons, tons of cards. Wait, I've got I, plenty. That, I, I've got plenty. You've got, I've got okay. plenty. tons of cards. I got tons of them. Um, I, need, I need tons of cards, dude. So yeah, if you them. are riding the uh, wow. registers annual great bike ride across Iowa, hit me up, dog. Yeah. Me hoot. It, Which is to say, I just finished and it was great. That's right. They're not. Yeah. Gonna- it's it's. <laughs> I, it's it's, we should have done this last I know. last time. It's last chronologically two hours confusing. ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, it was a great ride. I'll put a Facebook me uh, thing and there you and, go and a tweeters out yeah. there. Yeah. So. All right. Let's get back to some weird news. Yeah. What do you uh, got, Flora? I got some physics news for oh, us. Oh, really? Ever popular. I love physics stuff. Mm-hmm. I I understand. Let's a get very physics goal. Minimum amount of physics, but uh, Flora wants to It's so like. I, I wish I understood math at all. I would go into physics. I would love it. I wish I had learning for that. But I just, I have not the patience or the capacity for, for math. <laughs> I can't do it. I have not the temperament. That's right. Mathematics. Char- Sir Charles Turtletub. Maths vex me so. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's some news from the Large Hadron Collider. Nice, which is up and running yep, and they, they crushing. fired it up again. They found a new class of subatomic particles. My gosh. Is this the uh, the triquark? No, it's not. Oh, my God. Did they did they find a stable quadriquark? They sure didn't. Well, I mean, hexaquark was actually in Revelation. That would be the end of days, so they couldn't have gone that far. Well, we're not, we're not dead yet. We're not swimming in a fiery lake yet. Flora, what does that leave? They found pentaquarks. What? That's right. Now, uh, if you're not familiar, the Large Hadron Collider is the largest and most advanced particle accelerator in the world. What they do is uh, shoot a a particle in this huge loop. It's the size of a, what, city, town. I forget the diameter of the new one. It's big. Yeah, it's it's huge. It goes around underground, un, uh, under under the a whole town in, in Geneva, I believe, right? In Switzerland. Is it like a... Are there a lot of computers down there? So is it like a digital underground? <laughs> Can't get away from it. And and what they do is they, they shoot particles around 
You speed them up to extraordinary speed up high speed. As fast as they can. These, these just huge, super cold magnets, all kinds of just, it's a billion dollar thing. And they'll they'll shoot a, a particle in the opposite direction. The two collide. Yep. And then they, they take as many pictures as they can right. in that they, little millisecond. Yeah, they study all the readings for the, uh, the, the, the tiniest fractions of a second in which these other uh, particles and elements are formed briefly before decaying. And they're hoping to find some of the building blocks of the universe and, yep. you know, maybe, maybe a, maybe a, a raging clue into the mystery of the big bang or yep. anything like that. Well, they found something they they've, they've just spun it up again. They had it shut down for a little while to make it bigger, better, faster, stronger. They had the technology. They had to have the quarks <laughs> <laughs> and, and they, they fired it up. It's, it's faster. It's quicker, better. Faster and quicker. Write it down. And um, they have found these these new these new quarks. Now, Dave, you know what a quark is. I do. It is a subatomic particle that uh, that that was theorized um, back in 1964 by Murray Gell. I had to look this up. I remember <laughs> that it was Murray Gell-Mann, but it was also Gell-Mann. Uh, Gell-Mann. Gell-Mann? Is it Gell-Mann? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not Gell-Mann? Nope. Uh, and also George Zwieg. Uh, and funny thing is... Zwieg or Wieg? Well, Zwieg. It's got the Z. Oh, okay. The funny thing is they each named that named this theoretical particle differently. So they had like a VHS versus beta fight. Oh, geez. And um, and then the porn industry started using Quark and then... then so that's, that's right. <laughs> they have one's porn ticket. Uh, no, um, Gelman wanted them to be called Quarks because... I think it's a Lord Byron quote... <sighs> oh, I take it. I'm sorry. It's not Lord Byron. It's James Joyce. It's from Finnegan's Wake. Um, three quarks for Muster Mark. And uh, so deep cut, deep cut, deep cut by Murray. <laughs> uh, so that was his vote. Wait, uh, it was Murray, not Gilman. Murray Gilman. <laughs> That's all. Okay. Sorry. It's his, it's his whole name. Murray sorry. Gilman. Sorry. Zwieg, on the other hand, was like, no way, egghead. These are called aces. Aces, aces. I, I gotta on. say, I, I, I would have adopted beta in that scenario. Really? Oh yeah. Aces. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's just. I, I don't know. Something about that doesn't sit right. Oh, I'm, I dig it. I dig aces. It. So the quarks are what make up protons, uh, and the right. standard standard confirmation is, uh, and quarks come in a number of varieties which we don't really need to get into, but it's two up quarks and one down quark. You got a proton, a couple of gluons in there holding everything together. So this is going, so you got an atom an atom is made up of protons, neutrons, electrons. Yep. Deeper than that, you've got quarks. Yep. So quarks are what protons, neutrons are made of. So it's just going deeper and deeper into yep. the structure of what matter is. Exactly. Maybe one day we'll find out what quarks are made of. Exactly. And there are things smaller than quarks. You know, there are, it, it, it does go further. I mean, uh, for example, neutrinos, Ugh. you know, like yeah. it, it's, it's maddening, but they postulated that these things existed. It turns out they do. But part of that was that they said, well, there should be this stable confirmation that I believe is made up of four quarks and one antiquark. Yeah. And they found it. Blam. They saw it. They saw it. They got some data. They they are able to d- 
to uh, describe what happens in the decay when they after they they collide and they they find all the data in there and and it's the pentaquarks are made of two up quarks and one chemical X one down quark one charm quark mm-hmm. and one anti charm quark yep uh, I think they also don't they also go by uh, strange. Yep, quark or something, or, or yeah, one and, strange, one anti. And there's also questions of spin. I mean, like it, they, oh, they are, there are there are some really crazy particles, uh, properties of quarks, for example. And I, I forget what the term for this is, but imagine going back to as we imagine a playing card, mm-hmm. um, an ace, an ace could be a one, could be an yeah. eleven. Turn it, you turn it upside down. It's an upside down ace. Then it's an ika. If it's a quark. Turn it again, it's still not right side up. Turn it the third time, now you're back to where you started. So it's a pyramid? No. It's 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 not you you have to rotate the particle three times in order to affect a three hundred and sixty degree turn. So like so it, it's it, a triangle? No. It has, it's, it's not, it's not like about a physical (laughs) 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 a little bit of nosebleed. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know what, if you're, if you're not familiar with it, if you want to see what, how this works, try plugging in a USB cable. (laughs) 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 That's, that's how it works. (laughs) It's like, no, turn it. No, No. turn it. There it is. (laughs) Perfect. Now the the interesting thing about this it's it's not that the pentaquark is like some mystical super particle it's not going to retroactively make the Star Wars prequels worth watching <laughs> it can't solve all the problems of the world perfect but, but the glory the thing that makes it so great is that it was it's a confirmed particle as a part of of of, of the the people had theorized existed like if this model works then this particle will exist as a part of it right and so having this drop into place that's a huge piece of the puzzle it says oh well then we're on the right track yeah this is a very accurate model then because something that we theorized 40 years ago 50 years ago boom here it is uh guy wilkinson from the lhcb uh stated in a press release uh, quote, studying its properties may allow us to understand better how ordinary matter, the protons and neutrons from which we're all made, is constituted, end quote. And, you know, I mean, the farther down you go, it's it's just like, what are we capable of? What are we going to see? Are we going to start seeing stupid-ass people on planets in these quarks, rotating <laughs> suns? Like, how far do you want to go? Like, is is every atom... A, a galaxy in itself what what is the, the the end what's the future well i mean and then and then you want to like throw the whole thing sideways out the window is to say well there is no particles they're all uh variations of super string vibration oh how about that that might be an episode as well but yeah the big thing is uh theory falls into place that's very cool and not so long ago, maybe a year ago or so, they they confirmed the existence of the Higgs boson, right? Yeah, they did. They well, I think here's the thing, and this is this is a, a similar problem that the uh, the penta the the pentaquark has had a long and bad history. There are a few things in science that 
just have a bad history of people announcing it and then it's wrong or it's not, you know, yeah. room temperature fusion as people have ginned that up a few times, malaria vaccines. There's been some shady scientists that claim they found it faster than light, uh, particles. Yep. Which yep. happened not too long ago. Not too long ago. Yeah. That was the Swiss, the CERN, I think it was that, that after that up. And then there's the, there, there's been a number of times where people claim that, Oh, we, we created the, the pentaquark turns out no you didn't your your data was wrong it was a it was a, a bad it was a fluctuation that you misinterpreted and so even these uh scientists were like we've been very careful we know the history of people falsely proclaiming this yeah so here's our data go nuts do whatever you want with it but we're confident enough that we're we're, we're releasing this that we found it they were very very cautious about it yeah it's just another step in an understanding where yeah. the f- we came from yeah what happened at the beginning of the universe it's cool very cool uh so that's 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 my uh first swing nice Adder, what what else you got in, in oh, the man. old news i've got something that i it's it's not really news but i couldn't stay away from it i am not a guy who reads huffington post i'm not a huffington postman yeah but uh occasionally like like all good clickbait documents you know they 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 Post something that I can't stay away from him. And this is a great article. And it's, I mean, it's like straight out of the onion. (laughs) Finding Bigfoot team still can't find Bigfoot. (laughs) And it's about the, the television show that we've often made fun of. Uh, Animal Planet's uh, got that show, Finding Bigfoot, which is Animal Planet. (laughs) Right. Discovery Channel. No. Nat Geo. No. Mm -mm. Science. No. Animal Planet. (laughs) Uh, okay. Now that's, this show has run for six seasons. Now they've gone all People over the place. They've gone all over the place finding Bigfoot. And this is what I love is uh, again, Charles Fort. Just, I mean, this guy, you, you could power a city off the spinning in his grave that he's doing <laughs> the, the, the squatch hunters, the experts in residence. Um, and even this article is like, I mean, most episodes of just them crashing loudly through the woods yelling at each other and, and just, you know, scaring even mundane creatures away. They're like, you know, you don't, you don't see a lot of wildlife on that show Yeah, because they're, they're, you know, they got a camera crew and all this jazz. So when pinned on the subject, you know, like, so, so, you know, what the hell are we talking about? The founder of the Bigfoot field research organization, uh, BFRO, the BFRO who we met members of. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. Matt Moneymaker. I don't know if we met him. We did not. Uh, we met Larry, right? Well, these are, these are just other people. It's a big organization. Big. There's a guy named James Bobo Fay. I like that. Bobo Fate. Mm-hmm. Except for Boba Fett catches what he's after. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, if we had, if we, if we had Bobo Fay, dude, we would have Sasquatch frozen in carbonite decorating the president's oval office and be f***ing sweet, but we don't. So what they, they start to get real defensy about it. They're like, well, we've always had a problem with the freight, you know, with the title finding Bigfoot, because what is finding Bigfoot? How do we string this along for right, more right. seasons? Uh, do you really? He's you know the guy functionally says 
we're never going to catch a Bigfoot. It'll mm-hmm. never happen. He's like, you know, we, you know, finding Bigfoot is, is hearing the cry in the night or, or just getting that glimpse between the trees. You'll never get close enough to a Bigfoot to, to cat. What are you going to capture him? No way. It finding Bigfoot is, is about the search. And uh, this guy's like two Miller lights away <laughs> yeah. from like haikus. Yeah, exactly. So they, you know, they, and they have to, cause they have a vested interest in keeping this show running. And yeah, the exact close, uh, the exact quote is if you're close enough to hear them or sometimes get close enough to, to see them, you're certainly not going to capture one. And even if we were going around with guns to try and shoot one, you wouldn't have much opportunity to do that because they'd be gone before you could raise the gun. Okay. Okay. Uh, so why, 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 are we, why are you watching the show? If the people, if the, if the hunters, if them Squatch hunters have lost faith in their ability to hunt a Squatch, it's, it's almost like sometimes I feel like Discovery Channel and TLC, you know, the learning channel. The learning channel. And Animal Planet, it's like, I don't feel like they're dedicated to the scientific pursuits of their programming as much. I know. So anyway, that, that was a little piece of fun nerd news that I just couldn't, could not resist. Cause I, I I love the, what is finding Bigfoot? No, no, no guys. You guys have to step outside your literal minds. (laughs) Cause you gotta be out of your mind to watch this. Yeah. Right. Maybe Bigfoot is in all of us. Maybe we're all Bigfoot. Maybe that's what the search is. Maybe one tin soldier was right. Oh, go ahead and turn up. Blah, blah, blah. I found a needle in the boy. What? What happened to you? Well, I wasn't on key from the beginning, so I f*** it. Hey, have you heard about these? Uh- <laughs> uh, Harry, carry that one. Hi. Hi. Have you heard about these? Have you heard about these uh, invisibility cloaks? Got an article from Gizmodo. No, but I sure would like one. <laughs> I don't think I'd go to a locker room. I think I'd just like to insult people on a street corner. <laughs> and they'd think someone else did it. <laughs> I think I'd like to ride the bus for free. I'd That's convince a it. man that his popcorn cart was haunted. When the ice cream man brings his SpongeBob SquarePants ice cream on the beach, I'd jingle his bells for him. He wouldn't know what hit him. Hey, I'd go into the ocean and grab fish hooks and, and yank on them. Hey. <laughs> All right. All right. So so there's the these invisibility cloaks. Apparently, they've been around. Did you ever wish you were invisible on the can? It's just no one knew you were using the bathroom. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> so, so apparently, invisibility cloaks have been around, uh, and they're made out of what are called meta materials. It, it, it's the stuff that's uh, designed to distort perception. Right. Okay. It's made out of Jack Daniels. It's <laughs> <laughs> and and we you've probably seen stuff here and there crop up about this. It it it's a way to bend light away around. Yeah. Some you know it. You can still you can tell something's there, but predator. you can sort of see around it. It's a little yeah. It's it, predator is a good good example. It it bends light, but if if you're not really paying attention, it's for all intents and purposes invisible. Mm-hmm. Well, the what they've got for in in terms of let's say cloaks, they're they're calling it cloaks. I, I guess a a 
a wrapping that you have around your body. Let's just go there. In order to make these things, they need many layers. They, they, it needs to be built up. It's thick. You know, think of it as like the supercomputer of the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like a whole room full of vacuum tubes. Uh, yeah, tubes and, and big boxes and machines. And, and, and Rowan and Martin's laughing. And and some poor girls in her underwear running around there. <laughs> right. And it makes uh, whatever they're trying to hide, it, it just amplifies the thickness of it. It distorts things. So it's you. It's sort of throwing the light around it and making it invisible, but you, you see it. It's still there, right? Right. Why did I turn into Christopher Walken? <laughs> you see it. It's still there. It's there. But... But I can't see it. It's... So why for days? <laughs> hey, so <laughs> Flora stone after dark. I know, dig it. But there, I think I think what's important is that it's 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 active. Like a person moving with that, it will constantly be adapting to its surroundings. And even though it, it's not perfect invisibility, yeah, it's a ton better than anything else we've got. Well, yeah, and and it's hard to move in it since it's so thick, probably, but. There's metal components components in there that don't reflect light as intensely, you know, as as the covered object. And so it makes things darker where where it's trying to hide it. So you can see what's what's being and, and they call this lossy. Okay. L O S S Y lossy. I, but um what they're trying to do is make something thinner that's lossless to make it more invisible. So electrical engineers at the University of California, San Diego. Oh, so when you say it's called, they, they use the word lossy as though the, the current iteration of the cloak has a lot of, 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 of light loss. It's not I, I'm as efficient. I'm guessing that's what it and is. they want yeah. a more efficient transfer system so that, yeah, I got you. Yeah, and, and lossy is the the term du jour for it. Great. Little little silly, but where I, I feel like I've heard lossy before. And it I, was I, a dog. Saved Timmy no. a number of times. Well, see, it's no, it's the dog the that, that lets Timmy die. <laughs> oh, no, it's the Scottish Loss. movie. Ah, Lossie. Oh, you're a good dog. What's oh. that? Timmy's in the will. It's done. <laughs> Timmy. I told him to stay away from Timmy the will. Go to the moors, Timmy. I, I didn't you listen. No, I didn't. I didn't listen. A oh, fortnight in the well will teach you. <laughs> I'll teach Timmy to go to the moors again. That f***ing gobsh**, Timmy. University of San Diego, California, San Diego, crafted a a cloak uh, that that appears completely flat. They've thinned it down to a single sheet of Teflon that has these ceramics on it. How do you get it to stick on a soldier? Well, you you, you drape it. You just drape it. It slides right off. It, it makes it seem like it isn't hiding anything. So, like nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's non-conductive materials that don't absorb light. They're actually able to control reflection of light at any point by modifying the height of the ceramics in the Teflon. Ooh. Now, I I'll tell you, real-world application for this. I just got some grill mats. <laughs> they I put them on the the grill. Because I don't yeah. want to get the grill dirty because I'm going to have to end up cleaning it because it's not my grill. I, long right. story. But I got these grill mats, and it's like a pure piece of Teflon, and you, you, you and grill you, on you them. You get a rich, delicious Teflon-y flavor. 
Yeah, you you get cancer with your burger, nice. and it's the real American hero. Um, and I don't. I got to tell you, I don't know where grill mats came into this. This, this Teflon, Teflon, right? But it doesn't have ceramic on it. What I've got. Oh, okay. But what they've got has ceramics on it. It'll bend the light to 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 the way they want it to. Now, it's cool. It's very cool. My question is, why? What I mean, this is just military use, right? Why do you need to create an invisibility cloak? There are no wizards walking around. <laughs> Not that you know of. Mark Soloff, and that's it, maybe. But like, <laughs> yeah. oh, that's great. He is <laughs> like, a wizard. What? What the f- do you need an invisibility cloak for? It's military. It's got to be military, right? What do, what do you think? What 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 are the practical applications of having an invisibility cloak? Well, um, I mean, let me let me tell you here real quick. They'll say it will be indispensable for concentrating solar energy and speeding up signals and optical communications. I think that is a, a, juke, a, a juke to the left, a step to the right, and and like a kick in the crotch. Like fuck you, you're making these so that soldiers can go around and kill people at at their will. Okay, yes, hundred percent agree. That's why they're making it. That's why all the money's going into it because invisible soldiers are soldiers that don't get shot. Right. Um, Next step, teleportation. But we right. we'll get there. So you got uh, invisible soldiers, invisible hunters, also going to get shot by other hunters. Um, but. There, there are. There, it's not like it's devoid of uh, civilian use. Take, for example, wildlife researchers. Oh, okay. And I had to think for a while to come up with that one. I feel pretty impressed yeah. that I did. Uh, house pranks. <laughs> um, what? Very uh, practical. Uh, walking through bad neighborhoods. <laughs> okay. Pervs. Pervs. Perv watch. Yeah. Perv. 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 <laughs> so yeah yes that you're 100 right that is why they're making it but but also you know they talk about solar energy like any research that goes into light control does have other benefits so like that that research does trickle in other areas i'm not excusing it it 100 percent is to make us the most lethal motherfuckers in the world yeah because yeah, you know. we're not already nope 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 so and, and as you pointed out to me earlier, Jade Helm has Start, already started. Yeah. Jade Helm, uh, there's invisible soldiers stealing, <laughs> stealing your rights, Texas. Thank God your governor is there to, to wag his finger at the United States Special Forces. Thank God you were able to mobilize the Texas State Guard, <sighs> who I'm sure are more than financed and trained to deal with the U.S. Navy SEALs the Delta Force, the Green Berets. I'm sure that all of those guys are terrified that the Texas State Guard is out and watching their every move. <laughs> let's 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 switch it up. Invisibility cloaks. What the f- let's keep let's keep going. <laughs> keep trucking. Uh how about our imminent doom? Yes. It's pretty exciting, right? Well, so uh just a fun interesting fact on uh July 25th, which may or may not have come or gone, hell if I know where I am temporarily anymore. Uh, a very large asteroid. It's gone. Oh, sweet. It's already passed. <laughs> well, if you're listening to this, then we made it. Uh, it's a 1.5 mile uh, diameter asteroid booking it at over 45,000 miles per hour. And 
is approximately 15 times larger, according to this story, than anything else that's passed the planet recently. But this this particular asteroid, uh, which is called 1999JD6, um, actually passed us already back in 2010. But this time, it's closer than it was before, leading some people to think, like, is this thing slowly going to get closer and closer? Um, but it's a big one. It, it, would, it would wipe out probably a third of the planet's population if it were to hit. Jeez. So it, it came around once, went around the sun, swung back. Is this going out again, or is it coming back the same way? Does no, it it'll go out on a, the rest of its orbital path, and maybe in another five years it'll swing by again. Um, I mean, I've only I only found this one article about it, so I don't think the people are very up in arms, or the government's hiding it from us. <laughs> so anyway, that's an interesting thing. But speaking of the government hiding things, I I have a a tiny maybe conspiracy theory to put forth. Oh yeah. So last episode we talked about the uh, Dawn probe to Ceres, the other subplanetular but largest body in the in the uh, asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. A mm-hmm. uh, lot of cool things. Three mile three mile tall pyramid structure. The light spots. Yeah. So um, this thing's only gotten closer and closer and closer. And, and maybe I'm bad at googling. I don't know. But I looked at JPL. I looked at NASA. I looked wherever I could, uh, and there's this interesting time, uh, this this uh, timeline of events. As it gets closer, it does a dip to try to get closer photos, but then the satellite shuts down entirely for, I think, 24 hours. They all got really nervous that they had lost it. Then, boom, it's back. And then they say, okay, well, we're actually going to keep this thing parked in orbit around Ceres until we figure out what why it went quiet for a while. But it's working. Everything's great. But there were still a lot of questions in this, uh, the NASA scientists, you know, everyone who's looking at this at first thought, first of all, no one thinks that what I'm going to refer to henceforth as the lights are lights in the traditional sense of someone shining light from something. It's, it's not emitting. It's a reflection. Exactly. Yeah. But they can't figure out what possibly is reflecting it. The first thought was that it was frozen water, Mm -hmm. which doesn't really jive with their idea of what series is. But as they get, as it gets closer, they get a little bit better resolution on it. They start to kind of like, well, we're leaning away from it being water, and we think more likely that it's a salt formation. Mm-hmm. Just as likely, great, super. Some kind of crystalline. So they were going to dip into, it sits at about, a, I think, a 2,700-mile orbit. They want to dip that down by two-thirds, take it down to 900 miles, and get some really good shots of it. According to, to JPL and NASA, it's, it's, it's operational that the, the problem is over, but they have not released a single update about it as of this recording in well over a week, no new photos, no updates on its mission. Everybody's concerned about Pluto. Right. Hmm. So I just was like, wow, all this kind of weird stuff happened. They still don't know exactly what these light spots are. They were supposed to look closer and then everything goes quiet. Weird. Yeah. So that is a little weird. And, and again, I mean, maybe I just didn't look at the right place, but I, I, I looked at all the, the official government sites for, for, you know, all the updates they had and, yeah, well, well over a week since any any updates or news or acknowledgement that it's an ongoing thing. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, it, it, they're they're too busy faking Pluto. I guess that's it. Like at the same time, it I I, I think it's a little bittersweet, maybe um, more sweet than bitter, bitter than sweet, more bitter than sweet. A lot of people seem to be excited 
about all the stuff that's happening in space right now, all the things yeah. that NASA's doing, uh, the asteroid with Ceres, the the Pluto flyby, in in my Facebook feed and stuff like that, it's it's just all over the place. Yeah, people are really excited. How do the powers that be not see that it's that sp- space exploration is something that needs to be done and funded and happen? I think it's coming around. I think that one of the same things that like generations older than myself, I'm a, I'm a classic Gen Xer, but I think that, you know, like my parents' generation are particularly like, they're never really cool with the Gen X, but you know what they really hate? What everyone hates? Me. Millennials. <laughs> Flora. Everyone hates Flora. <laughs> Millennials freak out old people. Um, I don't think I'm a millennial, am I? I'm, no. I'm before that, that curve. You right? might be a Gen Y. I don't know. I, I'm like one of those fuck off gins. <laughs> like nobody gives a shit because you're in between. Yeah. I'm pretty pleased. I mean, I, I, I caught Gen X right in the face and that's a pretty sweet moniker. I can live with it. Yeah. Um, but the, the interesting thing that in my opinion is that I think it's the same thing that kind of irritates old people about millennials. Millennials are much more touchy feely in general. And you know, they, they kind of, they, they're, they're more invested and they're more enthusiastic about a lot of things because they have access to more things. They've had, they've, they've been brought up with a USB port in the back of their head. Oh. They just had, they just learned more growing up. They had access to so much more or so much easier, which is great. And I think that this is, this is a real boon of that. You, you have a generation inspired by discovery who said, oh man, growing up, I always wondered about this stuff and now we're learning more about it as opposed to space just kind of being a thing that was out there like, oh, the space shuttle is doing its thing. But space became this very boring place in the last 20 years mm-hmm. um, that it was just satellites and, and, and nothing, nothing, no great reaching was done. No one tried to go back to the moon. No one really tried to go to Mars. You know, they... We, we just kind of treaded water for a long time. And I, I feel like I, and I very much hope that the, the tide on that is turning and that, that, you know, and part of that is America's fear of risk. And it is the saddest tragedy when you lose, you know, the, the space shuttles, the, the challenger was sure Columbia. They're awful. And we have to be as careful as we can, but that doesn't mean that we moderate our risk by stop by, by not trying. Yeah. We moderate our risk by being careful and and analyzing those risks and protecting ourselves as best we can, but not trying, not reaching, not putting ourselves at risk. And we, you know, at at the risk of of going on a little tirade here, we are a country terrified of risk. Now, everything has foam corners on it. Every, no one can, can do anything for fear that something that they would hurt themselves. Well, you heard about the, the poor kid who launched the, firecracker off his head in florida yeah. died and then his his mother apparently is screaming for laws to be made about firecracker firecrackers it's like come on yeah you when you do draw a line yeah when you act unsafe bad things happen and we're we're just take you, responsibility like it, it's that litigiousness that everyone gets sued for everything that everything should be perfectly wonderfully irrevocably safe that you if if i slip in a grocery store that that's a clouds and angels will cut you yeah golden ticket for me i can sue them because how dare you have a flat clean surface that that in a grocery store would have 
some juice from any of the 10,000 things in it. You know, we're, we're just, we're, we're, be, we're becoming so paralyzed by the fear of risk. And one thing that I really like, I think, I think that the millennial generation has, is, is not risk averse. They're like, no, I'll take, I'll take my stitches. I'll get a couple of scars along the way, but I want to try. I want to go do, I want to go achieve something. And I feel, and I, I'm, I'm very excited about it. That's an optimistic view for sure. We'll see if it, yeah, if it comes through, but I don't get it, me wrong. They're crybabies. They'll all go fucking nuts on the trip to Mars. It'll be great oh, to yeah. watch, but, but at least they'll go. <laughs> well, and, and, and SpaceX just had a, a, a shuttle blow up recently, Man, I think. They are good at blowing those things up. Uh, well, but like you said, at least they're trying. Yep. And nobody was on that one, thankfully. But th- yeah, it's like... They've been they've been doing those those remote piloted attempted landings for, for years now. And they get better at it, but still not quite pulling well, it off. Well, I mean, ships sank before they got to the new world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You you didn't have the age of exploration without a few brigs getting sunk. <laughs> yeah, and that's and the people who are involved in that understand the risks. Right. You know, the, these things aren't falling out of left field for them, and and, so, and they're extraordinarily brave. And and I I applaud all of them, and I think it's such a worthwhile endeavor. So good on them. Good on them. And when when the first crew goes to Mars, make sure you pack a barrel of limes. <laughs> Oh, man. Space scurvy. <laughs> Spice scurvy. The last thing that I had was just kind of tailgating that on, on ethics, uh-huh. really, is is if we find a new species on one of these planets that- Dominate them. Now that, yeah, now that we have have sent stuff out, out of the solar system, out to Pluto, have Mars in our, our crosshairs, like, if we find- some kind of of living being, whether it be bacteria or plants or a, a species, something you know, maybe like the movie species, like maybe like the movie species, smoking hot but kills you. What are our uh, ethical obligations to that? What what do we need to to prepare ourselves with? Like, do we? Go into it with a mind of of working with it. Do we go into a mind with a mind of dominating it? Do we go into it like if we find a planet full of of plants or trees that cure cancer? Are we going to rape that planet until it's it's dead for its resources? We will rape three quarters of the planet, and then while we decide how to save that last corner, rape another half of that amount. Until the planet is really reduced to like 12% of its original thing. And then the whole planet will be on quarantine. But then tree poachers will come down. And it's just, you know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, then they'll, they'll relocate the trees to another planet, not tell anybody and bring them back like the California condor. (laughs) But yeah, you know, like that's, that's, that is such a a common reoccurrence in history and, and how we operate. That I think we, we, we like to pretend that we're not like, you know, like when you see a, a dog paw at the floor, like it's digging itself a little hole to sleep in, you know, that's, that's not learned that that's, that's a behavioral trait. That is something that it's an instinct. Uh, Humans don't think that they have instincts, but I think we do. And it is to completely eradicate. It's to control. Yeah. And to, to consume and take and if it's there it should be taken because if i don't take it somebody else will and they they liken it into the 
conquistadors. Now, the good news is this, um, at least in the near term, you can you can perfectly protect these things by virtue of the fact that who the fuck else could get there? Right. Not to mention the fact that there are trillions upon yeah. more than that <laughs> amounts of planets out there that, you know, this this stuff could uh the resources could could occur on or or be in. So it's like, well, this one's spent, let's move on to the next one that's just like it. Right. And that's, and that's, there's a real uh, threat to that. And I'm and, and that's a, that's a problem for honestly, in my opinion, 5,000 years down the road, like we're, you know, it's going to be hard to move that glibly around or, um, right. and have those, those questions pop up and, and God only knows what it is. We'll even want at that point if we're even still around. Yeah. But yeah, there, you know, when we, if you talk about ascension species, you know, that depends. Do you, do you meet it on a planet? Do you meet it on your way to a planet? It's hmm. way worse if you meet it on your way. Cause that means that while you're flying around in space, so are they. Right. They've you, already figured it out. Yeah. You go to their planet, you know, maybe we got one up over on them. You know, I think that we're, again, maybe I'm a, the, an optimist here and I don't think that all countries operate under the same ideas. Um, but I feel like, you know, if we, if, a, if an American spacecraft landed on a planet, uh, and found sentient life. I honestly think that the first they would take as much information from a distance as possible. I'd like to. I think that they would. I think they would leave shortly thereafter. I think that. I mean, we the Antarctic Treaty alone says that you're not allowed to be close enough to a penguin that it that it reacts to your presence. And I would imagine that there would be similar guidelines put into place about finding. Uh, alien life. That's a that's a great point, and this is coming from um, the website Aeon.co um, by in an article by Lizzie Wade, and and she actually brings up the Antarctic and Sweet. and how it's maybe something for humans uh, a plan for humans to follow because it's so it's it's unclaimed territory, mm-hmm. and all the countries you know, can have scientific research there without the fear of, you know, stepping on somebody's toes because it's not your your right. territory or whatever. And Americans and, and uh, Russia can work together. And, you know, it, it's a plan, according to the article, that, that could be maybe put into space in, in, in another planet that we finally figure out how to get to. And then it's not so much saying, oh, you, the U.S. has control of this planet. It's that everybody has access to the planet. You have to keep, you know, some some semblance yeah. of order while you're doing it. But scientific research go nuts on, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think a good, uh, a good, and, and maybe silly if if you take it that way. Bellwether for it is uh, Stargate, the movie Stargate. Yeah. Like they send military and then one scientist, <laughs> right? <laughs> and the scientist wants to figure it out get get in the culture yeah and the military is just like do we shoot the thing right let's shoot the thing you know <laughs> which i mean which granted i mean it would be a real boring show if it was flipped around yeah well not to the scientists but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and and not every planet's going to have a, a huge pyramid uh gray alien that's trying right. to suck the life out of virgins or whatever whatever, whatever their doing. dark twisted agenda might be but as we as we get out there in space and and explore and hopefully keep funding that and and making it happen 
making it so number one. <laughs> we take some ethics into consideration and and have some responsibility for our actions. And that's uh, that's what I'm going to end it on. <laughs> that's all. <laughs> I love this. You're trashed, and and we're going to end it up with responsibility and ethics. <laughs> <laughs> bum 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 fart sound fart sound <laughs> fart sound. <laughs> hey yeah what up stop what you're doing no i'm about to ruin do a boy podcasts and the bullstone you're used to oh yes listeners i'm really being sincere because in a 69 my humpty nose will tickle your listener man <laughs> 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 Stop what uh, you're doing because I'm about to ruin the listener mail that you used to. I think we already did. We did. <laughs> it's ruined. Sorry. Kicking it off. How about clairvoyant Katie? Oh, she knew what she was going <laughs> to so, Boy, that was lame. She, she writes, hey, guys, alien taxonomy episodes were great. Thanks yeah! for giving me. <laughs> thanks for giving me nightmares about star explosions. You're welcome. Oh, uh, man. Gamma ray bursts, huh? Yep. They'll get huh? you. Clairvoyant Katie just watched Babadook on Netflix and was wondering if you guys are still going to talk about it. I still uh, haven't watched it. Flora, you have. I haven't. Ah, it's on Netflix. I know. All right. So the moratorium stands yeah, until you watch it, huh? Yeah. I'll, what is huh? going on? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Katie, you're right. I do have to watch that. My girlfriend and I keep talking about it. Then, you know, then we does she not want to? She does. Like, we like to watch scary movies, but, like, just when you're in the right mood for Cockneys it. Cockneys versus zombies. Yeah, it's not a scary movie. <laughs> I do have to I do have to watch that. And then we can discuss it like adults. Mm. So, listeners. I'm so ready to discuss you've it. Got, you've got a very small window to watch that before we blow the lid <laughs> off it. Well, what do you got? Thank you, Katie. Clairvoyant Katie. Sorry. Thank you, Clairvoyant Katie. Heard you from knew uh, was going to f*** that up, didn't she? She knew it. <laughs> Dave, we've heard from Brad. What's up, Brad? Brad. Brad? Brad. Brad? Brad. <laughs> Brad's new. Brad's new. Sweet. Brad's new to the podcast. He wants his uh, certificate for, what is this, Hollow Earth? I don't even f- remember anymore. Did he, did he use the call sign? <laughs> yes, he did. Shh. He's got it. I think it's Hollow Earth. Oh, he's got his nail dead to rights. <laughs> you got to listen to those early episodes back when I was real freewheeling with the certificate promises. But he demands it like a man. He demands it. He, so he demands it. it. Demands it. Uh, and, and he says, keep up the good work. And, and Brad, we shall. And, you know, when, when Dave gets a chance, he will make your amazing... Listen, I've had a million chances <laughs> when Dave just does it. That's the problem. It's not like I'm... You know what? You've, you've got this one ready. I do? All you have to do is put Brad's name on it and send it to him. So, Oh, okay, good. I did this one? This is the one you actually you actually put together. Oh, yay. Because it's got the giant on it. Oh, and the giant grape and the pumpkin. Right, right, right. Right. Yes, okay. Hey, welcome aboard, Brad. Brad. Oh, Brad. man. Thanks, Brad. Brad. Thank you, thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Brad. <laughs> oh, look. It is my good friend. Don Luke's letters. Uh, it's it's the guy who brings Don Luke's letters. He has been traveling extensively. Uh, hey, excuse me, uh, uh, Pony Express man. Oh, see, see. May I have that letter? I can smell it from Don Luke, who is my good friend, which is why he writes to me so intimately. Oh, see, see. Gracias. <laughs> now away with you. Oh, see, see. 
Don't look, he writes to me, eh, idosly. Querido Sergeant Garcia. Hey, querido, mi amigo. I hope you are in good health, as I hear there's a new disease being spread by a famous explorer. <laughs> que malo! <laughs> the disease manifests as fibers crawling under your skin. This is terrible. How horrible. The disease has spread around the world thanks to the efforts of the famous explorer, Ferdinand Morgellons. <laughs> Oh, he once again pulled upon my leg. Don Luke, you are a you are a true treasure to me. <laughs> if you find yourself feeling ill, he writes, I can recommend the General Hanspital. <laughs> a double hit is a double tap. Felicidades, Don Luke. <laughs> and also to you, my friend. I say this out loud because I don't feel like writing. <laughs> Thanks, Don Luke. Thank you, Don Luke. Dave, we've heard from Darthulu. Whoa. That's right. It's a Sith Elder God. Uh, Darthulu says, I hereby use my first mailing to bring charges of the most grievous kind. Oh, good gribbity grab. This is definitely me going to jail. Mr. Secco. Yeah, wait, can I can I can I can I borrow some of Clairvoyant Katie's powers and say that clearly I hadn't watched Plan 9 from Outer Space recently? Is that is that right? Am I reading the room properly? Plan 9 from Outer Space. <laughs> I'm going to the penalty box. Actually, you know what? I kind of promised to do that like two episodes ago. It's it's gonna be a while before you get in there, huh? It is. Well, maybe next episode we next can get episode, you in. next episode. We can't forget. Hey, everybody, just chill <laughs> to the next episode. It's from the, the what you were talking about was from the film Robot Monster. Yes, which predates Plan Nine by six years. I love how much smarter everybody else is about this stuff. I mean, like, and I'm not saying that in a shitty way. I'm glad that there are that many people that know like their classic 50s and 60s science fiction that <laughs> good, well. Good for you. That's, that's badass. And I'm glad sorry that you're part of the crew. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I embarrassed everybody with my ignorance. Well, you meant well, but unfortunately, that didn't hold up in court. Yeah, that's true. So. You meant well is just a, <laughs> is, is, the, is the, the last bastion of the guy who couldn't get a plea bargain. Yeah. Thank you, Darthulu. Yeah, thank you, Darthulu. All right. Well, up next, how about Charles Fort? Is, Nope. Hoy? Nope. Hoy Fort? Just Charles. Oh, hi, Charles. He might have three angels. Charles Wagner? He he might have three angels. It's too soon to tell. (laughs) He's got a pun for us. Yeah. Did you know, Flora, that not many people realize that the Illuminati have been hiding the real reason for the revolution of 1776? There's there's a real reason? Oh, yeah. Washington, D.C. has the corrected phrase, but we all know the truth. Alien taxonomy without representation. Zing. Internal pun. Internal episode pun. He he threaded one episode into another. Stop doing that motion. (laughs) (laughs) No. It was a really weird. He was doing this rocking like. (laughs) It's like a low fist pump. It looks real graphic. I was really getting into it. Too near your crotch, dude. Too near your crotch. Wow. 
<laughs> That's another good band name, Low Fist Pump. <laughs> no, it's not. Who was who's, who it from? <laughs> That's Charles. Thank you, Charles. Charles Dupun. <laughs> uh, and we'll end out here with a uh, missive from uh, Corey. Hello, Corey. Hey, Corey. Corey, who me, we met at the Pericon. Yes. Um, Corey's got a proud beard. He sure does. Uh, he and his good friend Steve S., who was a, also a very a stately gentleman. And thank you for protecting his anonymity. <laughs> had a fun time at the Paracon, and Steve was absolutely taken by his blue finger beast. Nice. Finger dinglers. <laughs> we gave away little finger puppets of monsters. Yeah. Corey and Steve uh, both partook of our, our T-shirts that we have, the old black flag that oh yeah that we've, we've got up and uh, and proudly wore it around. They had it on when we when they came back around. Yeah, uh, that was great of them because it the was booth. hot there. <laughs> so that was <laughs> true. Not without peril. Uh, but uh, yeah, thanks again, Corey and Steve, for, for yeah. coming up, uh, talking to us and and they look forward to to more uh, events, especially the live show, which you know, oh, man, always a struggle. We're still yeah. working on. We thought we had a yeah, we thought a we venue. Had, yeah, we thought we had it, it locked perfect. down, and it didn't work. It, and yeah, it, it's just that a lot of people in the the theater world they're not very good at at organization and communicating. Yeah, they're just like I am with certificates. <laughs> a lot of intention, not a lot of follow through. So what what we ultimately want is is a place that, you know, serves booze. Yeah. So so you assholes can can have a drink and, no, and laugh. No, so that we seem funny. <laughs> That's so so we ultimately seem funny, but And also afterwards I want it I want it to be either have a good bar in the place or near a bar so we can all go hang out right. and, and drink and just talk shit. Right, right. So we're, we're we're working on it. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll have made headway by then. By by the time this drops, I don't know, but we'll see. But know that we're we're earnestly working on it, and also know that we enjoy every time you you like a post of ours or like the page on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Yep, at yep. blurry underscore photos. Yep. Or just visit the website at blurryphotos.org and, and send us an email. <laughs> or just put your head in your hands and look up at the sky and sigh deeply going, hmm, blurry photos. We we get those. Yeah. We actually feel that. We feel that. And we feel it even more, like 10 times more when you uh, hit the donate button. Ooh, that's intense. Audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Yes. Get a free audio book of your choosing. And uh, don't forget to check out the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. That's right. You like what we're doing? Go over and visit our friend, Dark Mark Soloff. At <laughs> Stop laughing at me, you bastard. <laughs> you like what we're doing? You like what we're doing? <laughs> you, like, you like this? <laughs> I, just kind of, I just kind of started in third gear. <laughs> Great. So I've stalled the podcast out. <laughs> but if you like what we do... <laughs> Go check out Dark Mark Soloff at Blastro Podcast. We've been on there before. He's been on here. We've been on there. You've been on there twice, haven't you? Twice. <laughs> I've been on there once. Because yeah. I'm not as funny as you. That's right. And uh, Right now, you're kicking my ass. If you want to know what Blastro Podcast is, it's a comedy talk show focused on science bursting with absurdity. That's right. And, and you get... Every bit of that in spades. Dottori Bellordo and his idiot roommate, Mark Soloff. Glorious. So check out Blastro Podcast and support the Chicago Podcast Co-op. And support general. Mark Soloff. He's brilliant. He's one of my favorite people. He, he's great. 
He's he's a good person, like, and he's deserving of your love. Yeah, he is. He is worthy of your affection. <laughs> and we're gonna end in this this bullstone. That's right. God, first, a couple of such, low fist pumps. Such bullstone. Stop low fist pumps. <laughs> we bullstone so hard. Next time on Bullstone, with Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker's entrance into an already crowded GOP field for the 2016 presidential race, many Americans are asking. Was monarchy that bad? The pin is mightier than the fjord? <laughs> we'll tell you about how a plan has been introduced by Norway to make bridges out of used ink pens. <laughs> Next week on Bullstone. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>